is up, Level Up Nation, and welcome to the September 8th edition of Level Up Live, your home for gaming and esports news brought to you by OTN Media. My name is Fiasco, but you can call me John, and I am joined, as always, by the king of the courtside, the courtside king, but you can call him Joey. What's up, buddy? John, we are here, and it's not quite as relevant to gaming. I guess Madden is kind of a crossover. But the NFL season does kick off tonight. We're pretty hyped for the Buffalo Bills versus the Los Angeles Rams. On top of that, it has been a long week, so I'm glad we can finally sit back, relax, have the podcast, and then some football. Relax? What is relaxing? That's <laughs> that's weird. Nation, uh, make sure you follow the show on Twitter and Facebook at Level Up Live. That is at LVLUP Live. Uh, mainly because when we do crazy things like this, where we move the show up an hour because... At the end of the day, we like sports also, and we really want to watch the start of the football season. Uh, we're going to let you know we're going to move it up an hour. Uh, so make sure you follow the show on social media as well. While you're at it, follow Joey at Courtside King, myself at Fiasco, for all your spicy hot takes on gaming and esports news, uh, opinions, financial advice, etc., etc., all that fun stuff on there as well. And Nation, while the live show on Twitch is the place to be for Level Up Live, don't worry, we do have a podcast version of the show called Level Up Podcast. Check it out on your podcatcher of choice. Just look up the Level Up Podcast. Uh, and, of course, extra credit as always. Uh, watch on Twitch, sub on Twitch, multiple ways to do it. There are, in fact, three tiers of subs you could possibly use on OTN Media's Twitch page. Uh, to get access to cool, funky little emotes and uh, to get closer, nearer, and dearer to our hearts. Not required. Uh, if uh, you want to use a Twitch Prime sub or Amazon Prime or whatever in the world they're calling it today, uh, use that too. We accept uh, all forms of subs here on Twitch. All right, Joey, what is on tap for tonight on the one hour earlier than normal edition of Level Up Live? Yeah, John, we have a lot. Uh, not a ton of new gaming news per se, but some big stuff coming this weekend that we're going to kind of preview. We have the Disney X Marvel or Disney and Marvel Showcase. Uh, expecting some good Disney games as well as maybe some new Marvel announcements there as well. We have the Ubisoft Forward on Saturday. Skull and Bones is going to be there. Mario plus Rabbids. And we should get quite a bit of new information on Assassin's Creed as well. Uh, from there, just kind of diving into new content. Ark Survival Evolved is getting new content. Cyberpunk announced some new content. Uh, Game Pass has their new additions for the first half of September. We have some new teasers, a great coverage from Game Informer of God of War Ragnarok. We'll go over some of that. We'll talk about some new studios. We'll dive into some esports with playoffs happening for multiple esports titles. And then we're going to wrap it up and go hit the virtual field and the real field for some football. I like it. I like it. Joey, before we can even dive into these topics, because uh, I know how much we want to talk about Disney video games coming up here. Uh, what is your drink of choice for today's episode, sir? Honestly, I was rushing to get this done by seven, so I'm just drinking water from whatever my water bottle is here. Water from whatever his water bottle is there. Joey, yeah. it's okay. It is a Thursday. It is a thirsty Thursday, and I have gone extra thirsty. White Claw Strawberry is your hard seltzer of choice. Spiked sparkling water with a hint of strawberry. Uh, also known as the first thing I grabbed out of my mini fridge next to my desk. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, uh, I'm just happy it was not mango. Uh, so we have that. You have your water. I have my hard seltzy, my dude, uh, which means it is time for gaming and esports news. And, of course, this segment presented by Gamer Bites, bite-sized gaming and esports news, delivered weekly directly to your inbox. Sign up today for your Gamer Bites newsletter. 
Joey, let's hit it off with gaming esports news. Let's go. Absolutely. We're going to hold those showcases for a little bit, so we'll kick it off with some new content. John, you're kind of our native ARC player around here on the podcast. ARC Survival Evolved. Eventually, we're going to get a new ARC 2. It keeps getting pushed back. It sounds like 2023 at this point, maybe spring 2023. With that being said, Wildcard keeps putting in more and more content into the original game, and now we have a look at a new dinosaur, and I'm going to go ahead and let you pull this one up on stream as well as pronounce it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I will pull it up on screen, uh, but that's about it. Um, I believe it's the Carcharodontaurus or Dontatorus. It sounds like a dental procedure. I mean, it practically um, looks like a T-Rex. It's got its little small arm thing. It's nice big mouth. And on top of that, it has like the little Stegosaurus thing going with some mini spikes on its back. Uh, it looks terrifying. I'm assuming this thing is tameable in the game. Uh, I would not want to go up in a fight against a prime one of these, though. Uh, yeah, let's see here. Uh, that's its common name, which is funny. Uh, it's a carnivore, and its temperament is, uh, breaking news. Aggressive. Uh, so, yeah. It looks cool. Don't get me wrong. Uh, that's one of the cool things with, uh, Ark, is you get to play around with some dinosaurs here and there. Uh, but yeah, um, Ark 2, please, and now. Ark 1 still feels like a broken game that... I'm not going to lie. I think the players would be happier with a revamp of Ark that actually works with all the bugs worked out of it versus a new dinosaur. Uh, but hey, what, what do I know? I just play the game. Just play the game. Well, if you're going to add a new dinosaur, at least this is a cool looking one. Again, kind of blending some of those other popular dinosaurs together into something that has an aggressive temperament and looks like a lot of fun to potentially go up against fights uh, or terrifying one way or another, whichever way you look at it. Um, but overall, some really cool stuff coming there. Simple content to kind of keep the flow going. Uh, something we've criticized other games for when they don't put content in while we're waiting for a sequel. Uh, Overwatch, we see you over there. Hey so it is nice to at least see Ark continuing to give current players some new content to play with. What? Crazy idea. Next up is a game that released broken to many, especially those on last-gen consoles, the Xbox One and PS4. That is Cyberpunk 2077. It has announced new DLC the game's loan DLC pack at that, Phantom Liberty. Uh, it has been confirmed that they will only be releasing this DLC, no other DLC after that. Uh, kind of heartbreaking for Cyberpunk fans, or rather those who are kind of waiting to play the game and hoping that it turned itself around. And it has been putting out some big bug fixes. We've seen lots of patches come out, big, big patches at that. But on top of that, it does get some DLC, unfortunately not too many DLC packs, um, but this one is slated to come 2023. And it looks like it'll be taking place in the United States of America. Are we sure we can call this an expansion and not just a patch? Considering this is probably the same size as the first patch of this game. Um, I mean, I am curious how big it's going to be, right? Like, uh, obviously, the bug patches have been ginormous. We're talking like 30, 40 gigabytes for some of those monsters. Uh, I'm curious how much, I guess, campaign action this adds on. Like, how big the story is going to develop with this. Yeah, look, I mean... I really don't think it's going to be that big of an expansion. Yeah, you're going to get some content. You might get an additional two, three hours of gameplay because that's honestly what it feels like expansions really are. It's just an additional two or three hours of gameplay of story mode, if you will, uh, for a game like this versus uh, like a live service game, a multiplayer game where there's an expansion. There tends to be like new maps that come out, new guns, and et cetera, and et cetera for the multiplayer mode. Uh, but for this, it just feels very, I mean... <sighs> It's very easy to be negative towards cyberpunk, and, and I'm doing a great job of demonstrating that right now. Uh, it's, 
I, I really want to be excited for this. I really, really do. Uh, but when you follow it up with, this is going to be the only expansion for this game that has such a horrible history from its launch, uh, from even before its launch, to, to get to the launch point, to get to this point where you're going to get an expansion out there, then you're going to say, oh, by the way, this is going to be the only expansion for this game. After everything you put the fans of this game through, whether they pre-ordered it, going through all the delays, going through the nightmare that was launched, going through the laughable nightmare that was the the 60 gig patch that it felt like to fix the game to make it playable uh to kind of come out and say yeah hey uh you guys want extra content oh yeah by the way thank you for sticking around for everything we did to you for the past several years this is going to be the only expansion that we're going to offer for this game and i hope you enjoy it i i just think that that, that's the wrong tone to take here like if you're trying to save face as a company as a game for cyberpunk i just feel like that's definitely not the way to go about it granted obviously they probably have other projects in the pipeline i get that um but i just i i don't know personally i don't think they've done enough to to kind of save cyberpunk uh in, in the image of of what it was pre-launch and launch i mean i'll be honest too like i haven't kept up with the whole multiplayer thing the game was supposed to have multiplayer it was delayed at launch, and I don't know if it ever launched eventually. I think it was supposed to come out in late 2021. Now we're in late 2022. If it did come out, I haven't heard anything about it. So I'm assuming it kind of crashed on launch, if it even launched. So with that being said, does this expansion include multiplayer? Are we just dropping the multiplayer completely? Seems like Cyberpunk, uh, at least to me, has so many more questions to answer that they haven't. And that kind of goes into what you were saying. Uh, with that being said, this DLC looks cool from the small teaser we got. Those live with us saw it here on Twitch as well. Uh, for those not live with us, go ahead and check it out at Cyberpunk, either on YouTube or on Twitter. Uh, with that being said, John, is this enough to have you, I guess, look into buying the game or look into eventually playing it? Uh, does it interest you at all, this new US-based DLC? Is this enough to jump over other games in my game catalog that I need to play or that I want to play or that I have a desire and excitement to play? No. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of in the same spot, to be honest. The game looks nice, especially on next-gen consoles or PC. It has some gorgeous graphics to it. Uh, the ray tracing looks phenomenal in certain settings. Customization for characters is honestly outrageous how deep that can get. Uh, it seems like the story has a lot of different twists and turns. So I feel like there's a lot there as far as a complete RPG game. Uh, with that being said, even with the bugs being fixed, it's so late in the game now, and there's so many other things in the queue. Uh, I feel like for me... I would almost have to see it to come to like a Game Pass or a PS Plus or some kind of service that I'm already paying for to kind of tempt me into it. Or maybe a big sale buys me in. Just as of right now, with so many things coming out, you have a Plague Tale, you have Gotham Knights, uh, I mean, God of War in November, Pokemon in November. There's so many other games out there and so many coming as well from the indie side. It just feels like, why am I going to jump this old game into my queue when it hasn't really sold me too much as of yet? So I know a lot of people who love Cyberpunk. We have a number of people in the OTN community. Chipmunk is the first one that comes to mind, was a huge Cyberpunk fan when it came out. Uh, I think this DLC will be big for people who enjoyed the game. I just don't know if, like you're saying, John, if it's going to pull in too many new players to Cyberpunk. Yeah, it's, it's definitely catering to those who have already played it, who have already played the main story, who enjoy the game. Again, beautiful game. Looks absolutely incredible when the patch hit and everyone could enjoy it. Uh, but other than that, I mean... Like, to, to, to try to overcome and win the people back. I mean, you have to remember, this was the game that Sony stopped selling on their digital store because of how bad this game was. I mean, 
and, and that's Sony. We're not talking about the people that hold the moral high ground here. We're talking about Sony made that decision to protect the gamers. That says something, in, at least in my opinion. Yeah, Cyberpunk was not doing well. And as we said before, and when it was about to launch, a lot of the misdirection around the old gen versions, I feel like lost a lot of trust and a lot of faith up front with the company. So now that we're seeing them continue to put these patches out, it's getting to a better game state. But is it enough to have more people dive in? Still kind of is to be told. And up against stuff this holiday, like God of War Ragnarok and Pokemon, I think it's going to have a tough time selling itself. Next up, John, let's talk Game Pass. Game Pass every two weeks gets some new additions added into the slate. Uh, this month, I would call a weaker month overall. Uh, very indie heavy. Quite a few interesting indies in here, though. You suck at parking. A lot of people are excited about. Uh, for me, Disney Dreamlight Valley, I think, is a big one. Anything with Disney's name on it, uh, especially with Xbox trying to push a little bit more into the E is for everyone category. This one strikes me as something that kind of hits a little bit of that Disney niche, but also kind of jumps a little bit into that Animal Crossing feeling that Nintendo players enjoy. Uh, on top of that, Metal Hellsinger is a big addition. This is kind of that rhythm-based gun shooter demon slaying game. Um, but on top of that, it continues to win awards over in Gamescom. It was the highest or second highest awarded game overall. Uh, so a lot of people really hyped for that one. A lot of people really looking forward to that. Other than that, even as someone who follows quite a few indie games, I'm really not sure about too many of these. I'm just excited that the state of Maryland finally has their own simulation game and you suck at parking. Uh, <laughs> it's it's fantastic. I, I feel like Maryland needs to be to needs to be brought to the to the limelight a little bit more. Uh, just, you know, with all the negativity that's happening within that state. So, yes, congratulations to Maryland. Uh, the Maryland simulator you suck at parking is going to be on Game Pass uh, for all the uh, Marylanders or Marylandees or whatever people from Maryland call themselves. Uh, you know, to, I don't know, I, I would say practice your parking skills, but that's probably not going to happen. Um, remember, you're supposed to be between the white lines, not connecting <laughs> your car on the most white lines possible. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, you suck at parking's on there. Train Simulator, World, uh, train sim, oh, World Sim Train 3 or Train World Sim, whatever. That's cool. Uh, I'm actually excited for Metal Hellsinger. That's a game I really wanted to play. I'm glad it's going to be on Game Pass. I want to give it a shot. I know some people who have played it uh, said it is a little, it's a little bit more on the challenging side, but at the same time, you love metal music and you're going to tell me I, I get to kill things uh, to the beat of metal music. Oh, my trigger fingers are going to be happy to that. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for that. Well, and they got some like crazy amount of artists involved and so many different music licenses for that game. Like they have all of those rock or metal legends rather. And I feel like bringing them all together, adding that rhythm game aspect to it, on top of that, you kind of appeal to the Doom crowd because you're slaying all these demons alongside it. Uh, I feel like, yeah, it's going to be a popular one and already winning so many awards as well. So the other thing to keep in mind is on top of these games being added, there was a bunch of different content added to Xbox games as well just to hit some of that. Grounded got the home stretch update this week. You have the Elder Scrolls Online. They got their Lost Depths DLC as well uh, for the MMO players out there. Fallout 76 gets the pit next week, so their big expansion coming eventually. Halo Infinite got the yapping event. And it looks like Dead by Daylight also listed here uh, at a discount for Game Pass members as well. So lots of different stuff going on uh, from the new additions. Again, a little bit indie heavy here at the beginning of the month, but there was a lot of content being added to first party games as well. And then later in the month, there are quite a few announcements still to come. They've teased that some of those will be dropping at the Tokyo Game Show next week. So keep an eye out for those, probably some Japanese based games there. And on top of that, some first party stuff later this month as well. 
Uh, last but not least, there are a number of games leaving, and I just want to throw three out there. For those who know me, A Plague Tale Innocence is one of my favorite games from 2019. Please go play it. The sequel is coming day one to Game Pass in October. Unfortunately, the original game, it's been in the service for like three years at this point. It will be making its exit later this month on the 15th. If you haven't played it, highly recommend it. Uh, that is available cloud, console, and PC for Game Pass members. Uh, and two indies to throw out, The Artful Escape. It won a lot of awards last year and was nominated for a number of them at the Game Awards. Really cool artistic game, kind of a coming-of-age story. Uh, beautiful music involved if you're into music. It's got some really good soundtrack design and sound design in general. Uh, so highly recommend that one, as well as Lost Words Beyond the Page. Uh, this one, uh, it's a little bit more emotional, another indie game. Not the best-looking graphics overall, but it has some cool, unique elements to it where you kind of work your way through a storybook, uh, and it kind of blends reality with fantasy to kind of overcome certain elements throughout the story. Highly recommend those. So again, A Plague Tale Innocence, uh, technically an indie game, but it play, plays like a AAA, if you're asking me to be honest. Uh, Lost Words Beyond the Page and The Artful Escape, all of those leaving September 15th. If you still want them and will not buy or be able to play them by then, you get a 20% discount right now as well. Okay, that's enough Game Pass shilling for today. Uh, let's slide on what? down to some new teasers. Sliding over to the PlayStation camp, we have God of War Ragnarok. This is easily the most anticipated game left this year. It's set to come out right at the beginning of November. So many people hyped to be swinging the axe of Kratos once again. And John, this game looks gorgeous. We've seen very few teasers at this point. With that being said, Game Informer gave us some juicy action this week. For those live with us on stream, we'll go ahead and put it up. Uh, John, this game looks fantastic. Again, the writing of God of War, I feel like, has always been really good, and the graphics have been pretty darn decent as well. Uh, this one looks like it, once again, is going to take it to a new level, and big stats to Sony Santa Monica for that. Yeah, God of War is a fantastic franchise. I absolutely loved it. It's one of the games that I knew I was going to miss when I made the transition over to Xbox. Uh, and I get it. I mean, this just looks absolutely freaking incredible. The graphics are amazing. Uh, everything you love from the original God of War games as well, it's still present. It still has that rough look to it. Uh, the, the violence of, of the grapple chains uh, that Kratos has. I just, everything about God of War, I absolutely love. And I love to see it in current gen graphics and technology it just really helps bring this game even more to life the story of kratos to life even more uh, and what you know whatever story this is that they're going to tell in this game i think it looks absolutely stunning absolutely stunning for this game yeah i mean it looks really good i'm really again we've heard little hints of the story and we've seen some teasers i don't want to go into it for spoilers in case someone hasn't played the original game um, but it is definitely a game to look out for Probably will be the top selling. Well, I take that back. It probably won't be the top selling because Pokemon will probably outsell it. Um, but it'll definitely be up there toward the top of the holiday sales charts, if not the full year charts. I think Elden Ring will probably hold the crown there. Then Pokemon, then God of War should be a close third, if I had to guess. Uh, with that being said, it is only releasing on one platform at launch, that being the PlayStation 5. I don't even know if this is on PS4. I'd have to double check. Um, but with that being said, it will eventually make its way to PC. We don't know what that time looks like. Uh, so far, games have been, I mean, what, it feels like three, four years after their launch that they make their way to PC. Uh, but now with The Last of Us, it's just going to be a couple months or so later. Uh, Horizon should be a lot sooner as well. So we're seeing that gap become smaller and smaller. And I would think God of War Ragnarok uh, within a year or two eventually makes its way to PC as well. So if you can't find a PS5 or you don't want to buy a PS5, you should eventually have the option on PC as well. And then probably cloud gaming here in the near future from PlayStation 2. Uh, Ragnarok will be on the PlayStation 4. 
Awesome. Thank you for confirming that. So PS4 and PS5 users can get that. On top of that, the other thing I want to mention, John, is the accessibility settings. I love games becoming more accessible, and I feel like Studio or rather PlayStation Studio in Santa Monica, uh, as well as some of the Xbox studios like Forza Horizons Playground Studio have really pushed the gaps forward. Naughty Dog is another one with The Last of Us, uh, continuing to add more and more accessibility options into the mix. God of War Ragnarok is coming with 60 plus accessibility options. We're talking all different things from the ability to see things better from blind settings uh, to kind of help with color color issues if people are colorblind. We have a bunch of text um, available options, audio available options. I was trying to find a list as I'm talking and I can't really find a full list, uh, but there's tons of different things. Every accessibility option you can think of, there's a good chance some iteration of that will be found in God of War Ragnarok. And I think that's just a big clap to Santa Monica that they continue to push that forward, that the industry in and of itself, uh, PlayStation and Xbox, both being real big proponents in this area, continue to make gaming more accessible for all. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I agree with everything Joey just said as well. Uh, accessibility uh, makes gaming truly for everyone. Uh, and, you know, if people want to play video games, they want to have access to uh, some of these amazing titles and stories uh, and adventures that you can go on as a gamer... Uh, playing these games. I absolutely love that studios are making that extra effort to ensure that everyone truly can experience uh, what these amazing pieces of art uh, that come out uh, for our enjoyment, for our absolutely horrific critiquing all over social media. Again, a lot of people put a lot of time into even the worst rated games that come out there for at least one person to enjoy. Obviously, they would love millions of people to enjoy it, but uh, they're going to do everything they can to make sure the game is accessible to everyone. Uh, more studios are getting more involved with it. I think it's absolutely fantastic. And I feel like uh, if a studio is, is doing that and going above and beyond what they need to do, they should definitely be commended for it and get that recognition uh, because that's, that's something truly that the gaming industry has kind of lacked uh, in the past five, ten years even. It, and this is a fairly new movement within the, in the last five to seven years of studios and console makers and, tech and technology and gaming in general to really start making its way uh, to make sure gaming is for everyone with this accessibility option. So shout out, uh, you know, uh, to the, the developers out there, obviously to the God, the God of War Ragnarok team uh, for putting that together as well. Um, but, but again, that, that is something that is truly nice to see in the gaming world continue to grow. Uh, and just a shout out to all the listeners trying to log in right now, but the Twitch app is not working on their mobile devices. So sorry for that. Unfortunately, that is out of our control. That's not John's fault over there producing. He's doing a great job. Uh, and it's not my internet for once either. It is truly <laughs> Twitch uh, doing some issue with their app. So hopefully that does get resolved throughout the show. If not, you guys might be able to listen to us later down the line on the podcast version. Uh, with that being said, John, next is the Pokemon Scarlet Violet trailer. I honestly think we can just skip over this one. It's a pretty long trailer, about three and a half minutes long. Uh, they did tease with some new Pokemon. We got to look at some new outfits and items as well. Uh, if you guys are looking forward to Pokemon in November, you're going to get a lot more trailers, this being just one of many still to come. With that being said, it's definitely worth taking a look at. We'll play a short bit here on stream. Um, but overall, it, not too much new information outside of those new looks at some Pokemon in different areas as well. Um, but you're going to keep getting these trailers. As I said, they're going to continue to drip feed content as we get closer to that eventual November or mid-November rather launch. I think it's a fire, tur a fire, fire turtle with a blowhole. Uh, very, fire turtle very with a blowhole. Very creative. Over there are there. some really cool looking, I don't know what they are, like fighting Pokemon. There's this really cool looking purple one that reminds me a little bit of your boys, the Void Elves. Um, I really like the look of that one. 
So yeah, that's Pokemon. Good old new content. And yes, you do get a nice image of the old bike Pokemon that are going to be your legendaries that you start out with because that's now a thing in Pokemon. Uh, regardless of how you feel about that, you'll have the option to pre-order these games, I believe, as of now. And on top of that, the release will be mid-November for those looking to jump in and train some new Pokies. Okay, next up, NVIDIA's Project Beyond. John, we don't have much information on this one. A very slight teaser that NVIDIA dropped on Twitter. It was a really quick clip. Some nice little green arrays going on. Eventually, it looks like a loading screen, and then you get the hashtag Project Beyond. A lot of people kind of speculating on what this was. The initial speculation was, ooh, NVIDIA is going to release some big new cloud tech, whether it's a new game, whether it's new enhancements to GeForce Now. As time has gone on, it seems like this is actually teasing the next RTX cards. Uh, they're looking somewhere, I think, in the 4000 series, if I remember correctly at this point. Um, so we are continuing to move forward with cards. We've seen AMD drop some really strong cards. Uh, NVIDIA continue to be that market leader as well, though. While their prices are a bit higher than AMD, they are starting to bring them down more and more. And it looks like the RTX 4000, again, I believe is what's being teased here. Uh, could be getting some more information on that very soon. Yeah, that was the most lackluster teaser video I've seen in a while. <laughs> Way yeah. to go, NVIDIA. That was... Uh... Uh, I, I think you called it a screensaver. I think that's very accurate. That is a um, rip-off-the-matrix screensaver, if you will. <laughs> yeah, very short, nice little tease. Uh, any thoughts here as far as what it is? Are you kind of falling into the crowd here as I am with this being a new set of cards coming out? Yeah, it, it's about that time uh, where the next gen comes out for graphics cards. We should be seeing that here real soon as well. Uh, I know AMD just also came out recently talking about how they're going to uh, rename their, their next processor line. Uh, kind of getting away from the initials and letter and numbers and everything that everyone's been doing for a bit. Obviously, uh, Intel making that popular with things like the i3, the i5, the i7, then a bunch of letters afterwards to identify what version of what generation, whether it's locked, unlocked, so on and so forth. Uh, AMD kind of did the same thing with their Ryzen chip and uh, numbers behind that as well. Uh, they're going to be changing that up too. So again, if you're a gaming, uh, if you're a PC gamer, uh, this is news for you to take a look at. But yeah, I, I do believe it's going to be NVIDIA's next line of graphics cards uh, being teased here for Project Beyond because uh, it is about that time. It is about that time. And hopefully since uh, the crypto market has crashed, uh, we won't be looking at $5,000 graphics cards anymore. We'll be looking at the normally ridiculous price of $1,400 for the high-end graphics card. Uh, so, uh, so everyone who waited, like myself, for a graphics card update, guess what? The prices are coming somewhat back down to justifiable a bit. <laughs> Progress, at least moving in the right direction. So we'll keep an eye on that crypto economy as well as those graphic card prices that are very heavily influenced by that. Uh, but at least for now, it does look like NVIDIA is teasing that next set. And hopefully we'll have information of a date come soon. Next up, Microsoft has begun testing a new Xbox UI set to land in 2023. Uh, from what I'm being told, this is phase one of testing. We'll pull it up on stream for those here with us. More or less, uh, they pretty much increased the size of the overall game tiles. So your games and apps are going to be across the top like they are currently. Just instead of one big one and then smaller ones to the right, it will be all equal size ones. It looks like about six here in this generation of the phase. Uh, under that, you have a My Games and Apps section. The Microsoft Store, a couple ads and some teasers like that as well. So a lot of people, John, the biggest complaint here is they want to see their background more. And I think Microsoft was originally taking that into feedback, but then they increased the size of the icons. So I feel like a little bit of that feedback fell on deaf ears. I want to see my background more on a console that I'm going to be looking at the main menu for a short period of time before binging hours inside of a video game. 
Uh, cool. Yeah, I get it. It's fine. I mean, we had it on the PlayStation also, so you know, I'm, I'm glad to see you know Microsoft you know finally coming around. Look, I, I it's cool. That's about it. I don't I don't think it's a make or break thing, but, uh, but yeah, I guess it's I guess it's cool. Yeah, I don't really have too many issues with the current UI. I know a lot of people would like the stuff on the screen to be smaller. Some people would like to get the ads gotten away. Personally, I've fallen for the ads a few times and found games I really liked out of them. So I'm okay with the ads, personally. I think I'm the exception to that rule, though. Uh, with that being said, this is phase one. So we are going to see a few different phases. It sounds like there's a couple different designs out there. They're going to run for insiders. Eventually, I think all of them will probably make it to live uh, or at least to farther in insider rings like Omega and Delta. With that being said, I'm curious to see some of the other designs. Are they just slightly different sizes? Are they slightly different configurations? Are we talking extreme changes? I really don't know at this point. Um, but at least for now, this is what phase one looks like. If everyone seems to like this one, which doesn't seem to be the case, uh, it will set launch in 2023 at some point. I'm assuming we see some other changes before then. So keep an eye out for this. Again, they are looking at some UI changes. I just don't know 100% what they will end up with in the end. Gosh, my throat is killing me tonight. Um, but we continue traveling on. Next up, John, the Xbox controller. Uh, Xbox Elite Series 2 is getting a new look with the core controller coming out. Uh, we do have design lab support coming for this as well, a highly requested feature. Uh, that will eventually be coming so you can change the colors of your bumpers, the colors of your D-pad, the colors of the faceplate, all of that goodness. On top of that, for those who've had the Elite Series controllers before, uh, they're a pretty penny, and a lot of people complain that they've had stick drift or buttons get sticky after a while or different issues with the controller where it runs out and they feel like an Elite quality controller should last longer. Uh, Panicking Pat in chat uh, is one of those users that has had issues with his Elite controllers. So from what I'm hearing and from what the Microsoft blog said, this will have improvements on the current Elite Series 2. So they've continued to improve all the pieces that build into it. Now, if we believe that or not, that's up to you guys. If you want to spend 120 plus on the controller, be my guest. Uh, I think I would probably still wait to see some reviews to see if it's actually been fixed. Whether those reviews are from trusted YouTubers or friends who buy the controller, uh, whatever it may be, if I'm going to make a big investment like that, I'm waiting to hear how it actually is. But I do love the idea of Design Lab support. Uh, John, I believe you have a Design Lab controller, if I remember correctly. I freaking love it. I think that's so cool uh, to be able to go in there, design your own controller, make it look with the colors or the text or whatever you want it to have. Um, I love the idea of doing that on this Elite controller as well now. Yeah, $130 for a controller that has history of malfunctioning, uh, that has a history of being sticky. Uh I, again, like, I, I think we said it, I think I said it during the stream the other week when they announced, like, they announced, they announced, that this was announced at Gamescom, right? No, that was the PlayStation no. one that you picked. That was the PlayStation <laughs> one, yeah. Sorry, I just. John is hating on controllers lately. All I'm saying is, first off, one, thank you, Microsoft, for not putting this in the middle of a, uh, you know, uh, showcase. showcase. Thank you. Uh, because it does not belong in a gaming showcase. First and foremost, Sony, take notes. Two, uh, yeah, it's cool. You see all the different parts that come apart and everything? That's great. Um, if you have gaming rage, if, if you are a rager when you game and you chuck your controller, congratulations, your $130 controller, unlike your basic $60 controller, will shatter into literally a million pieces. Don't throw. Be kind to your controller, especially if you're paying $130 for it. 
Um, make sure you wipe your hands off. Make sure you, uh, you know, use some Purell to make sure your hands are not sticky and everything because you don't want to get the stickiness inside your $130 controller. Uh, and on top of it, um, if you are an average gamer and you buy this, congratulations, you are still going to lose at your favorite multiplayer game because <laughs> it's not the controller, it's the gamer. It's as simple as that. The controller is not going to make you any better. Uh, so, Joey, I'm on the side of Panicking Pat here. I, I don't think this is a worthwhile investment. And honestly, it caters to, like, less than 1% of gamers out there. There's no reason to have a $130 controller that can literally come apart into a million different pieces. So pretty much you're targeting the FIFA crowd with that argument, right? The crowd that throws their controllers all the time. Uh, maybe eventually the League of Legends Wild Rift crowd because we know that game can tilt people as well. Um, yeah, in the end, again, I would wait for reviews. It sounds like they have improved it. But again, that could just be PR speak. We don't know how much that improvement actually looks like. Is it worth 120 Was it ever worth 120 I love the idea of the back buttons. I think that's a big appeal. I like the idea of some like triggers with some nice grip on them. Uh, with that being said, you have other controllers out there like Scuff makes some really nice ones. Uh, there's some other big controller designs like that. I think Mad Cats at one point was into that. I don't know if those were the highest of quality, but they were in the same market. So it is worth looking at some other ones out there. Again, being a native controller, it does have some advantages as far as compatibility and different things like that. Uh, but with that being said, if it hasn't justified its price yet, I would wait on the core version as well just to see what reviews look like first pass i yai yai ah, good old controllers expensive 120 controllers i'm personally fine with my little one that came in the box uh, at launch uh with that being said ea is making some moves unfortunately not moving up their fifa servers and including crossplay um, but they are continuing to make some new studios they've announced the founding of a new seattle-based studio ridgeline games uh ridgeline games is going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on this is pretty much going to be a new studio dedicated to the Battlefield franchise. I think EA is starting to look a little bit at the model that Call of Duty is using over on the side of Activision, where they have some main studios and then they have support studios that will either help with the campaign, that'll help with the Warzone aspect of the game. So it's a model that has worked for Call of Duty for years. Uh, even with Vanguard not selling as many copies, it's still one of, if not the most popular franchises in the world for console gamers. So Battlefield kind of copying that is probably not a bad idea. And as they move forward, they have some pretty big heads over here as well. Uh, Leto is now there. He's one of the big founders of Halo originally. Coming with that Halo knowledge from that original trilogy, now making its way over there to Battlefield. Uh, you have Zambella, who also worked a lot with Call of Duty, now with Apex Legends, also taking a handle on Battlefield as well. So they have the names, they have the talent. Uh, EA has its own issues at times as well, though. So we'll have to keep an eye on what this studio ends up developing. But as far as development teams, I don't think it get much stronger than having two big veterans of Halo and Call of Duty involved. On top of that, all the talent there as well. Anything else you want to say for Battlefield? I know neither one of us has been a big Battlefield fan uh, over the years. 2042 pulled us in for trying the test, or at least pulled me in. Was not a big fan of the test and haven't really touched it since then. So I, I think for me, Battlefield is not the best franchise to jump into. It's a little too big scale, I think, for me as well. Um, but I'm interested to see what they come up with here. I try to stay away from anything EA-related. I try to limit my <laughs> EA exposure because uh, I don't want to come down with EA-itis. Um, so, yeah, I just I, I stay away. Staying away from EA, it sounds like, is the plan, at least for now. Uh, but, John, you're not going to stay away from this next one because you are a big fan of both Disney and Marvel, as am I. 
Unfortunately, a showcase takes place after today's show. It'll be taking place tomorrow, Friday, September 9th. Uh, a lot of different teasers out for this one. A lot of potential for games. So what we know so far, let's go through the list Disney mentioned in the press release. They have all new announcements and expect new reveals from titles, including Disney Dreamlight Valley. That was the game that just released into early access this week. Also available to Game Pass members. Supposedly it plays something like an Animal Crossing style game. We have Marvel's Midnight Suns also to be shown from 2K. Uh, kind of that tactic style game. Uh, I guess the best thing to compare it to is like an XCOM, a Gears Tactics. Uh, something like that with a Marvel spin to it. And we have content for Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga as well. Ideally, I'm hoping for a Rogue One expansion. They just released it into theaters once again. Uh, Andor's coming out. I feel like it'd be a perfect time to add. Give us like a little Lego story version of Rogue One. I think that'd be the perfect addition. Uh, knowing Disney, I could see it just being a character pack though, and that would be a huge bummer. Don't really want to pay five bucks for a couple more characters when I can already do all the abilities with other characters. So I'm hoping it is some kind of story content. And last but not least, they also tease a sneak peek at an upcoming Marvel Ensemble game from Skydance New Media. That's over there with Amy Henning. So I think there's some good stuff here. I don't think it's the greatest sounding showcase from the press release, but I think there's potential for some surprises to come out as well. Uh, with Disney, John, you have the Indiana Jones game that could appear. Uh, Sony is working on Wolverine and Spider-Man 2. Maybe we see Spider-Man swing his way across the stage as a little teaser. Uh, I don't know if it's, it might be too early for gameplay for that one, but we could get some kind of teaser there. Uh, PlayStation could also hold it for their own showcase as well, though. Um, any other types of IP from Marvel or Disney that you'd like to see here? I think Indiana Jones would be the big one uh, if we see something like that. Um, I'd love to see Spider-Man, but I don't think that's going to happen like you said. Uh but yeah, I, I think the I think the other wild card you throw out there too is if there's going to be an Andor um, or Rogue One kind of update to uh, the Skywalker Saga for Lego. I, I think that would I think that's going to be very interesting. It wouldn't surprise me if that was secretly in the works behind the scene. Uh, Disney is usually pretty good about keeping secrets. Uh, things usually don't leak too terribly much uh, from Disney and Marvel. Uh, but yeah, I'd be I'd be kind of curious to see that in uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah, I mean, there's some good ones. And I think some of the other ones that have been announced, but we haven't seen yet. We know Respawn is working on multiple Star Wars games. They have that FPS game over there. They have Star Wars Jedi, Star Wars, no, Jedi, Star Wars Survivor, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Star Wars I don't remember Jedi the order. Star Wars yeah. Jedi. Yeah. yeah. Star Wars Jedi Survivor over there from Respawn as well. Uh, you have Skydance New Media also has a Star Wars project, the open world game with Ubisoft. There's rumors of some other projects in the works at Xbox as well using the Star Wars IP. So any of those could pop up on the Marvel side. There's some other rumors of like a Daredevil game in the works, uh, some rumors of a Doctor Strange game as well, on top of some other kind of more ensemble based games. So I feel like there's a lot of potential to pull from both from announced games to the games in the press release on top of all the other games that are unannounced from Disney and Marvel as well. Uh, and Kanto supposedly has a game in the works too. So there's a number of different ways that they could kind of pull this. I'm assuming since it says Marvel, it's going to be Marvel heavy. And I'm assuming we don't get much Star Wars because Star Wars is not in the title here. And I think they would throw it in there if there was going to be a big Star Wars announcement. So if I had to guess, I think it'll lean Marvel. It'll lean toward Disney. A little bit of Star Wars stuff here and there like Lego Skywalker um, or Skywalker Saga rather. But on top of that, I wouldn't expect too, too many big things from Star Wars. Um but I still hope for them. I still want to see them. I would love to see them. Um, I think the biggest surprise you could possibly get as far as announced games that we know are coming is maybe Spider-Man. It's supposed to release next year uh, if it is still on target. 
I don't think we're ready for gameplay as of yet. It might still a little be too early for that, um, but I could see a new CGI trailer potentially like ending the show as like a one more thing. Um, but we'll have to keep an eye out and see what is to hold. Again, that showcase takes place tomorrow, Friday, September 9th. Joey, can you imagine in the Encanto game, the, the achievement is to get through the entire game without talking about Bruno? That would be interesting, right? Like some dialogue options where it's like choice C or D is always Bruno. And maybe you eventually, or maybe they move it around so you might accidentally click it if you're going too fast, like mm -hmm. Aing through everything. Uh, that would be fun. That would be a fun little achievement to throw in there, I think. But I mean, as far as an Encanto game, right? So this is something we've heard rumors about. How do you think that plays out? Do you think it's just strictly story-based and there's like not a much, I mean, I can't imagine so many choices involved with that, right? Like it's pretty straightforward. You want to know what I hope it is? You know that there's a gaming app on your phone. Uh, not a gaming app. It's a music app where you have to sing along and try to hit the notes right in order to score points. I really want the Encanto game to be a combination of choose your own ending story style uh, with the different choices to interact with characters. And you have to play with a microphone hooked up and you have to sing the songs in order to get that sounds hella to. brutal. <laughs> Not only that, but imagine a choose your own ending game for that. And like the house, I mean, we don't want to spoil the story. I mean, it's been out for a while, right? It's been out for a like, what years. if, let's just say, what if it isn't a happy ending? Uh, like we usually get with Disney movies. I mean, that would be heartbreaking for a child I, to play through that. I feel like I would say it's about time. I would say it's about <laughs> time. We got a Disney movie that wasn't happily ever after. Wow, there we go, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Movie John ending. is changing it from E from everyone up to PG at least. Uh, <laughs> looking forward to this Encanto game. So we'll keep an eye out. John, uh, one more thing with this. So just in the idea with Marvel being kind of co-sponsored on this event, if you could choose any Marvel superhero, whether they've had a game or have not had a game yet, who would it be that you'd like to see a new game announced for? I'm sorry, I missed the question. I was responding to Pat and Chad. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh, uh, I do like well, Pat's question though. Lion King, that would be interesting. No, no, no. He he said Lion King to had the happy ending in the movie in the video game. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, the, yes, yes. Up is another one, right? But. Simba's dad still dies in Lion King, but at the end of it, he still gets the female li uh, lion, lioness, or whatever. Uh, and lives happily ever after. It's still a happy ending. Doesn't mean there's not bumps along the way. Yeah, a little roar here, a roar there. Uncle Scar doing his thing. Um, but John, back to my question. And Lion <laughs> Kid could be your answer to this, but oh, well, no, it can't because I said Marvel. Uh, if you could have one Marvel superhero to have a game designed around, whether they've already had one or not, who would you pick to be that superhero for this new game reveal? Chat, you're also welcome to jump into this too. I'm curious um, what Marvel superheroes you'd want. I am grouped. I want a group-based game. I like I a group-based game. Yeah, I, I that wanna, could be fun. I want a group. Yeah. I mean, the other direction they could take is villains, right? Like we yeah. have, I guess, Suicide Squad is the closest thing we've gotten on the DC side, but they could easily pick up a big Marvel villain. Uh, playing as Thanos would probably be a little graphic, uh, but great. there are definitely a number of other ones out there. I want a Thanos-based game. I, I want to be able to snap and make half the world disappear right now. That would be crazy. Snap and the world gone. Half the world gone. Please. Doctor Strange would be interesting, Pat. Uh, I think there's rumors of a game, and I don't know if they're true or not, of Respawn, or not Respawn, um, Remedy Entertainment, the people who did Control, possibly working on a Doctor Strange game. And kind of what you get in that, like the abilities with the telekinesis and everything, or tele, 
I don't remember whichever one has you control things. I think it's telekinesis. Um, I, that could be kind of cool to kind of bring some of those mechanics from control over to Doctor Strange. I could see it working well. Again, it's just rumor. I don't know if it's true, um, but it is one to look forward to potentially as well. Oh, no. T-Spans has his Twitch app back. The gates have opened. The floods have begun. Uh, anything else you want to say on the Disney Marvel Showcase tomorrow, good sir? I am Groot and Thanos. I Please am and Groot. Thank you. John is ready to plant the seed of a Groot game, and we'll see if it comes true tomorrow's showcase. Next up is Ubisoft Forward. This one setting us forward as far as Ubisoft games go. This set to take place on Saturday afternoon for those in the Eastern time zone. We have Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Skull and Bones, that pirate game that Kieran Thill is very excited about. And on top of that, we should get a lot of new info on Assassin's Creed. Uh, it sounds like we might even get up to four or five different settings announced for the future of Assassin's Creed. So lots of potential there to pull out your nice little dagger and take down the enemy of choice as you work your way through these different environments. Uh, John, I am not the most excited for Mario Rabbid Sparks of Hope. Uh, it's one of those games that I think it's a fun mashup, but it's not really one that entices me a ton. Uh, with that being said, it's a Mario game, so we know it'll probably still sell quite well. Yeah. Uh, Skull and Bones is going to be very interesting to see as well. The new Assassin's Creed showcase is going to be really cool also. Uh, but yeah, the Mario one, it's going to sell. I mean, it's Mario, like you said, so it's going to do well, but um, I, I'm not excited for it either. But everything else looks pretty cool. So Assassin's Creed, looking at it a little bit, I, again, not going to get too much into spoilers here. Uh, it sounds like based on rumors, though, just a couple of the rumors to throw out there. Uh, one of the games initially, the first one that should be shown, is going to take place in Baghdad, uh, uh, kind of like an Iraqi type of game. Um, on top of that, it sounds like it was originally supposed to be a Assassin's Creed Valhalla DLC, but because that game has so much DLC already, they ended up spinning it off into its own standalone game. So we're looking at something that is going to be a bit longer than a DLC, but not quite as long as a mainline Assassin's Creed game. And again, it will be taking place in Baghdad, supposedly with that only being the only, or rather that being the only city in the game. So in most Assassin's Creed games, you go to all these different regions and all these different cities. Supposedly that will be taking place completely in Baghdad with the city kind of sectioned off into different sections. And it'll should be a lot more... I guess really precise on that particular city versus the other games that kind of scatter over across some of these cities. Um, like Egypt, for example, in Origins was huge. That map was ginormous. Odyssey with Greece was giant as well. So I think the idea of kind of scaling back and making it one city focused uh, could be interesting just to see how that kind of plays out as well. Any thoughts of going in and assassinating in Baghdad, John? Uh, <laughs> no comment? In case the NSA is listening in. Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love Assassin's Creed games. I think they're fantastic. So that one's going to be called Assassin's Creed Mirage, if the rumors are to be true. So keep an eye out for that one. On top of that, we should finally get a look at Assassin's Creed Infinity, the new live platform for Assassin's Creed. We have a number of different teasers out there. Jade is a project name teaser uh, that's been thrown around with Assassin's Creed, as has Red. A lot of people thinking Red is a like a Japanese setting. Uh, it sounds like you'll be taking on the role of either a ninja or a samurai. A lot of people think it will be a ninja since Ghost of Tsushima recently kind of took on that samurai role, and they don't want to go head-to-head -head up against that. But I love the idea of an Assassin's Creed game in a Japanese setting. I think that holds a lot of potential. I love kind of that ancient Japanese architecture from the feudal era as well. On top of that, Jade, if I had to guess, it's probably a Chinese setting. So given all the credit to Jade and the Jade Dynasty, as well as just the 
I guess the jewel or the mineral of jade. I don't exactly know what it's classified as um, being heavily related to China as well. That could be a setting. And I don't remember if jade is either infinity or if that it will be a mobile game coming out. Um, but it does sound like Assassin's Creed has a lot to offer. Again, just kind of skating over a little bit of what to expect on Saturday. We should get an idea of how that live service game is going to function. Take a look at some of these new settings, as well as talk to some of the developers on what we can expect with the future of Assassin's Creed. And I think that'll be the biggest highlight of the showcase on Saturday as well. Anything else to say about Ubisoft Forward? Again, I'm sure we'll get some nice little... Oh, we do have drops, actually. They've already claimed them. Uh, there will be a Skull and Bones emblem in Skull and Bones if you watch 15 minutes. If you watch 30 minutes, you get the explosive detail charm in Rainbow Six Siege. 45 minutes will net you the RC 2022 Original Cosmetics in Roller Champions. And 60 minutes will get you the Sphinx Tattoo set in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, the recentest, or the most recent, rather, uh, game in the Assassin's Creed franchise. So lots to look forward to there. A lot of interesting stuff coming out of Ubisoft. Tencent continuing to invest in Ubisoft as well at heavy rates, so they see something they like over there too. And we'll see what they can bring to fans on Saturday with this showcase. Hey, welcome to chat, DTMW. That's Dan, right? That's <laughs> Dan. Yeah, Thanks I figured. Dan the Man Ward 11. Hey, you love to hear it. Welcome to chat. T-Spans also welcome back with that Twitch app now working, guys. Everyone, welcome. Uh, new content we've gone over. We've talked new teasers. We've talked about the showcases. Just a couple other things to hit, and then we'll slide into esports. Next up on the agenda is development of the current version of Splitgate. Uh, John, I think we have to criticize this social media post as well. This is another one of those posts where they cram a ton of text, a lot of small text, onto an image. I'm not the biggest fan of that approach. I don't think it's very accessible. I think it's hard to read. Uh, personally, I can read it fine. But it, a lot of people scrolling through social media, they see this big block of text and they're like, mm, I'm just going to keep scrolling. I don't really care enough to watch this or to read through this whole thing. So that's another issue with Splitgate, in my opinion. The game in and of itself, I think, is well designed. I think the mechanics feel good. Its biggest issue was that it ran up against Halo, which is kind of one of the big arena shooters at the time. Now, you can argue Halo kind of fumbled the bag with its launch. Since then, it's dropped a lot of players and it's still trying to find its way back. But at the same point, Splitgate hasn't really found its edge either. A lot of those players kind of being sucked into Apex Legends or Warzone or even Fortnite with the no build mode now out there as well. So at least for the current version, Splitgate is kind of shutting down production. Uh, it'll still run for now, but they're not going to continue to add new things and bug fixes to the game really outside of minor little fixes here and there. They will be developing a new version of Splitgate. They still think there's a lot of potential with the IP and they're hoping to deliver something a little bit more next gen, probably on Unreal Engine 5 if I had to guess as well. And it'll be able to run for years to come and hopefully be able to pull in a big crowd once again for that indie developer who seems to be bringing in more and more money as they continue to develop as a lot of people originally buying into the idea of Splitgate. All right, Joey, before we move on, uh, I'd like to welcome everyone to the next episode of uh, Unnecessary Small Text featuring Splitgate, like you said. Uh, just real quick, uh, this is normal Zoom on Twitter is what you're currently seeing here live on Twitch if you are cool enough to join us on Twitch. Um, Joey, I, I have a 2K monitor. <laughs> I still cannot read that. Yes, I wear contacts. Yeah, fun fact, I wear contacts. Um, if I actually strain a little bit, I can read that. That's not an issue. But if I'm scrolling, I don't know what the hell that is. So I'll go ahead and click on it to enhance and Joey, uh, for those of the for those of the people watching, listening to Level Up, 
uh, here on Twitch or on the podcatcher of your choice here. If you are a member of OTN's Discord channels, uh, server, if you will, and you see at the lower uh, part of your Discord client, Courtside King is typing, uh, and you see that <laughs> for roughly 30 to 45 seconds, this is what I expect to see uh, from someone that is either really going in-depth to explain something, two, trying to prove a point, or three, asking me to plan the second half of September with him to figure out what we're doing with OTN. Uh, this is the this is the amount of text I expect to see. This is way too much. It, it is no, just just stop. Number one, I don't have that kind of attention span. It's not cool. Joy. Then on top of it, it is a thread. Uh, so you have a secondary tweet below it uh, that takes you to the blog, to the fr frequently asked questions, to their Discord, and to their Reddit AMA because it's never official unless there's a Reddit AMA. And then there's another one below it as well. That is a direct link to the Reddit AMA uh, when it went live. Uh, Joey, this is terrible. I do not like it. This is not the way to do it. Small text on a, on, on a graphic on Twitter. You might as well have said absolutely nothing because you missed your target audience. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing, right? Like, so many people are just going to see that big blob and scroll past. And then later yeah. on, they might hear, oh, Splitgate shutting down or whatever from a rumor here and there. They see a content creator post. This, to me, is not the way to come out from an official account. I think, if anything, you make a bigger graphic. You make it nice, colorful, put a black background or whatever. Say, thank you to the players. Read more about updates to Splitgate to come or whatever in, like, a subtitle text. Like, there's so many other ways you could do it. Make it an eye-catching graphic, then post your blog post. The blog post can be the long thing. Uh, it's a lot easier to size on a blog post than it is on social media. If people care to learn more, they can open the blog post, get all the details there. And that way you don't have to subtweet all these other things either. You can say, hey, Reddit asked me anything right at the bottom of the paragraph or whatever. Join us for this if you have other questions about the continued de development of the game or whatever it may be. So, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of this. Again, we criticized someone else for this, I feel like, a couple weeks ago, and it continues yeah. to go throughout the gaming industry. So hopefully we'll eventually get nice, simpler posts about these things, and they'll be a little bit more eye-catching as well. Next up, speaking of eye-catching, and this is one you're going to have to pull up on screen because this is honestly ridiculous. Uh, Multiverses is getting a considerable patch that will include the remapping and tightening of hitboxes across its full character roster. Guys, this is a fighting game. It's like a Super Smash Brothers clone, per se. Uh, it does have its uniqueness, and it pulls from the, again, not from the Nintendo IP, but a lot more from its Warner Brothers IP that it's kind of made from. With that being said, some of these hitboxes, if you scroll down in that article, John, uh, they are very uh, cylindrical, cylindrical, I guess is the word. Uh, very straightforward, no matter if you're a giant character or a small character, you're looking at this kind of hot dog-sized hitbox. Uh, in the picture, we have Wonder Woman kind of leaning to the side. Her hitbox stays centered on her body. So her whole head can be completely off to the side, and it'll still hit her if it comes even near her like hand region just because of the crazy hitbox. Moving forward, at least from the example with Wonder Woman, this hitbox is going to be very tight and pretty much right up against her body, the way it honestly should be in a tight fighter like that. <laughs> The, the hot dog sized hitbox. That is, I don't know what kind of hot dogs you're getting, Joey, but that's I mean, it literally massive. looks like, like a Twinkie, no? It does, but. Or like a hot dog in a bun. Sorry, I should have added the bun to my reference. It's bigger than the character. That's like saying, that's like, that's like me eating a six foot three hot dog. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking shaping a, here, sir. 
Oh my gosh. How about Twinkie? Can we call it a Twinkie size hitbox? It's a six foot three Twinkie. Okay, yes, but like, okay, that. Twinkie shaped. Shaped is probably the word we need to use here. <laughs> it looks like a Twinkie, no? It does. Okay, it, thank you. Twinkie it, it shaped looks, hitbox. It, it is the same issue that I think players had when Aurelian Soul came out uh, in League of Legends where the tail was untargetable. Um, and it depends on, oh, God, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> uh uh yeah so uh it, it was untargetable even though like it's still a part of the character and other characters that were had larger character models still had their hitbox be able to hit certain parts of their character that tail was untargetable in that sense uh there's re really probably close to 30 to 40 percent of the character's body mass that if you hit, it would not register. So yeah, I think it's a smart move to redesign the hitbox so that, yeah, if you do, you know, obviously aim and you hit the hands, it's probably not going to do as much damage if you do like a move towards center mass, but at least it still registers. At least it still gives you something uh, versus just completely missing it because it's outside of, I'm um, sorry, what was that? Uh, yes, the the Twinkie-sized shaped Twinkie-shaped. <laughs> I mean, on the opposite of that, right? Like, look how much air is available there, too. Like, yeah. someone could literally come up, swing a punch near you, completely miss your head and body, but hit the air next to you, and because of the shape of the hitbox, you end up flying across the map. That, to me, is also just as ridiculous as missing the different body parts. Yeah. So I'm glad to see this is tightening up. Uh, I think as far as, like, competitive senses go, and even just casual sense, it should be a lot more accurate seeing hits come forward in this fighting game moving forward as well. Next up, the PS5 has received a new internal design. John, I believe this is the fourth internal design since its launch in late 2020, mainly in hopes of improving production and lowering development costs. Now, this is the part that bothers me. I love the idea of making more PS5 units available. I think that's great. I love the idea of Sony continuing to try to push that forward. How can we improve the production line? How can we do it without moving the, uh, I guess, the quality of the product too far down, trying to keep it in that same ballpark? The biggest issue with this to me is the combination. You're making more units available, but you're increasing the price of the units while decreasing the own price you're paying. So now Sony is paying less per console, they're producing them faster, and they're raising the price in almost every region except the US because it's so close with the Series X right now. That to me is, uh, it's an arrogant play, and we've talked about it before with Sony, and they are the market leader. They have plenty of ways to kind of fall upon this, um, being so far up, especially in like Asian markets. They're skyjacking the prices. Japan, it's going up $50 a unit versus them paying considerably less per unit with these changes as well. Uh, that to me is the biggest gripe point. Okay, Joey. So walk me through this. Which is the original motherboard and which is the new motherboard? Because obviously there's, there's sticky notes below it. With 1,100, 1,200, and 1,000 on the first graphic, are, are, which one is the new motherboard, if you will? I have no idea. Um, I haven't really looked fully into that, but I can tell you what has changed. There's a new smaller motherboard, so whichever one is smaller, probably that middle one, if I had to guess, uh, well, looks smaller. The smaller one looks just from size-wise would be the 1,000, but has a much larger heat sink on it. It is the 1,200 is the newest. 1200 is the news. Okay, so they've, they've even cut down on that then, too. 
Yeah, so it's going to be a new smaller motherboard, a smaller heat sink. The SSD enclosure has changed. Uh, there were a lot of issues with the accessibility of that, so that has become nice as far as quality of life for users there. And then the new PS5 will use less power during games as well. So it should be pulling less power, creating less heat. Uh, the previous degree, I think they cut out like three grams or something from it. So it did get a nice lightweight jump as well uh, with the 1100. Uh, but overall, I think, again, my biggest issue, I love the idea that they're expanding on it, that they're making it a little bit more accessible, that they're increasing production. But the fact that you're lowering your own costs and then highly increasing the cost, especially in Asia, is a big if for me. And that's pretty much, hey, we're the market leader. We can push you guys around a little bit. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Again, Sony with the moral high ground uh, here, uh, raising the prices while decreasing product costs to increase their bottom line. Uh, Sony, screwing gamers over since 1980. The Millennium Falcon looking thing. Are you talking about the fan? Is that what he's getting at? Falcon looking thing? Yeah, I don't know about Millennium Falcon looking thing. Yeah, we're, we're going to need a little more... Uh, and we need some clarification on that one, chat. <laughs> I mean, the only cylindrical or rather round thing, circular thing I can rotund. see is kind of like the... Yeah, rotund. I like that. Uh, <laughs> kind of looks a little bit like the fan. But otherwise, I mean, there's metal plating. I guess the Falcon had some plating on it. They probably... The Falcon had some heat distributors on it, too. Yeah, so, probably some know, heat sink. I remember Chewie making some nice noises as he kind of fixed some of those throughout some of their flights. If I could only do a chewy noise, noise. I wish you would give us one. It'd be I great. I can't do it. Yeah. Lindsay do it. does a pretty good one. We'll have to bring her on at some point to give Wait, us a little what? chewy noise. Does she really? Oh, she does. She does a pretty good chewy impression. Do you have to like get like two glasses of wine in her first? Or, like, no, I mean, it? it depends. Like if she's around a corner, it's a lot easier to get her to do it than if she's like publicly facing. <laughs> she's but... around the corner? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it'll squeak out. It's pretty good though. We'll have to get a nice impression for you guys at some point. Uh, oh, with that man. being said... Uh, there are some more showcases coming up. So again, we talked Disney Marvel. That one's on Friday. Ubisoft Ford on Saturday. A couple more to put on your radar for next week. RGG Studio, the really the studio behind the Yakuza franchise is what they're most known for. They've announced the RGG Summit 2022. That one's set for September 14th. And then for the indie game lovers out there, Twitch Gaming plus ID at Xbox have announced their latest joint showcase. I think this is their third or fourth this year. This one will be taking place on September 15th. So if you want to get a look at some new indie games coming out, that will be the place to be. Last but not least, today or yesterday, I believe it was announced, Minecraft Live, one of these big kind of Minecon-esque events, one of the big cons of gaming, will be making its return in October. Not too many details out about it yet, but there is a nice little teaser video if you guys want to check that out. Again, it will be making its way back to the stage, Minecraft being one of those most popular games in the world, up there with the likes of League of Legends, uh, a huge player base on it, lots of creativity. And really one of the games most used in education as well, uh, with the ability to kind of tap creative potential of different students and add educational elements in too. So if you're into Minecraft, if you want to see what the new creatures or biomes or whatever will end up being, that will be one to tune into in October. Anything else on the gaming side, John, that you want to mention before we slide over to esports, before we wrap up today's show and then watch some football? These frogs look amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love these frogs. They do have some swagger to them, don't they? They really do. Like, and like, and like all the other ones just kind of like head bobbing as they're walking by. Like, you know, obviously we would play the music. We wouldn't get a copyright and, and a lawsuit. But, you know, hey, uh, yeah, this looks this looks fantastic. I love it. Yeah, we'll stay away from our DMCAs for now. But, yeah, check out that Minecraft teaser again. Minecraft Live set to return in mid-October. 
Next up on the agenda is Esports Shine. Let's briefly talk Valorant champions as they have headed themselves into the upper bracket. Some nice little drama on the last day, but eventually teams have locked themselves in. We have Loud up against Leviathan in the first quarterfinals round. Then we have Fun Plus Phoenix up against uh, DRX. I believe it's Dragon X, if I remember correctly. Team Liquid up against Optic Gaming. And then Fnatic locking the final spot up against Xset. So some really talented teams in here. Uh, FPX being one of those bigger teams in the European region. Loud making a lot of noise, ironically, uh, coming from Brazil as well. Optic Gaming seems to always be involved in these shooter titles. And Valorant, no difference there. Team Liquid has faulted in a few esports titles, but once again, getting a shot in Valorant for the quarterfinals. And then Fnatic kind of making their little miracle run to make their way up into Champions upper bracket as well. So again, eight teams remaining in Valorant Champions, and that action kicks off soon again. Riot, please fix this page. Uh, Wait, what's wrong with this page? So everything is in the shape of a bracket, right? And in, right. on their League of Legends pages, they all scroll. None of these scroll until you get all the way down to the bottom of the page where the final upper bracket is, and then it scrolls. Ah, uh, I see. It's, I don't know, like, I'm just, ex I'm expecting Riot to, I don't know, be uniform across the board. Please and thank you. Uh, but no. So, like, I'm sitting here, like, trying to scroll down as you're, I'm like, I'm like, where is he getting these? Like, I'm trying to scroll and nothing was happening. I think all the way to the bottom and then magically it scrolls. Got to use that little center mouse button. You got to spin that thing nice and quick. It'll get you down there speedily. Bruh, speedily? Is that a word? I don't know, but it sounded good, so I wanted to go with it. So, <laughs> uh, Good size. We're going to speedily finish the show before the game starts later. Um, with that being said, John, I think the Valorant action continues to be impressive. Champions being kind of one of those highest levels of competition up there with some of the Masters action as well. I think Valorant in and of itself is an up-and-coming title. Uh, while you and I are not the best players at it, we have enjoyed watching it from time to time. Uh, it can be slow at times, a little bit like CSGO with the back and forth of attack and defense. Uh, but if you guys are checking out an eSport and into FPS-style games, it's definitely one we're checking out, especially some of the nice entrances and exits uh, that come from some of these teams. Boaster from Fnatic, mainly known for his entrance to the stage. Uh, really cool stuff going on there. And again, Loud being one of those teams from South America, really making some noise coming out of Brazil, an up-and-coming esports scene worldwide in a number of different titles. First off, Team Boomer Cringe is going to make a comeback. It's it's Team Boomer Cringe barely. I mean, honestly, we moved forward quite a few on the bracket. Uh, it didn't, um, I mean, there were some forfeits involved. Uh, we did play some here. games. We're uh, they were... We're talking about a tournament that happened, what, like three years ago? <laughs> I mean, have we really improved much in that time? <laughs> have I reinstalled the game since then? My Probably point, not. exactly. <laughs> so there's still much room to improve upon in Valorant. Uh, we did, I mean, I will say the tournament was enjoyable, right? Uh, we did get our booties handed to us a number of times throughout it. But I thought it was fun grouping up with some friends, getting together, trying our hand at it. Uh, I think we'd probably be better at some other games, like League of Legends. I think we might stand a little bit of a better chance. Maybe Age of Empires, uh, Halo, if the servers ever work. I think there's some other potential there. Uh, but Valorant definitely did not seem like our game of choice. No. Speaking of games of choice, though, sometimes this one angers people. Uh, at least for the esports action, I quite enjoy it, unless I'm watching Fnatic sometimes. Uh, and that is League of Legends. We have LEC and LCS action continuing this weekend. Looking at the LEC first, since they're in Europe, they end up happening first on the schedule, so we're going to touch on them first as well. They have two rounds left. Uh, we have pretty much the loser bracket finals and then the grand finals coming up. And the loser bracket finals is Fnatic versus Rogue. Fnatic has been on a tear, starting in the lower bracket, beating Excel, then beating Misfits, then beating Mad Lions. 
They've continued to look stronger and stronger as they've went versus Roke, who seemed to fall off a little bit toward the end of the season and now not looking the strongest come playoffs. Uh, they just got beat by G2 to get knocked down to the lower bracket. John, I'm expecting a Fnatic upset here. And I'm honestly expecting a pretty strong showing. I think it could be 3-0, but I'm going to go 3-1 for the sake of Rogue. Joey, you see what's happening on screen? The bracket scrolls. Oh my gosh, the magic scroller is back. And it's Riot Games. Fix your Valorant site. Uh, oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> um, should be exciting. Should be fun. Um, Give me a prediction. Fnatic or Rogue and what's your series score? Uh, Rogue 3-2. Rogue 3-2. Okay, John's going Rogue 3-2. I'm going Fnatic 3-1. We'll see who comes out with that again Saturday, September 10th, 11 a.m. Eastern time for those watching that match. Just doing it to be different, Joey. If we both well, pick I, Fnatic, I like your difference. I really like you to stand out, and I expect that prediction to do nothing else when Fnatic ends up beating Rogue. Next up, 4 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday, we have LCS action. That is 100 Thieves versus Evil Geniuses. Uh, John, both these teams have surprised, and both these teams have disappointed. They both come in with... Uh, I would say some lackluster performances, but also, again, those surprises making their way in there as well. Uh, I'm not sure which side of 100 Thieves and which side of EG will show up in this matchup on Saturday. It would be funny if neither of them showed up. I, I mean, like, you mean not attended at all? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, these, this is a tale of two streaky teams. It's whoever is actually going to pick a comp that works and wants to work together as a team uh, and actually wants to win, will win this series. Uh, the the team that is slot, and this, this sounds so dumb because uh, it's like gaming 101, but with these two teams with how streaky they've been all split, it really is going to be whoever decides to show up and actually play the game will win. Um, I'm going to give the edge if I have to. Evil geniuses have to be feeling good after knocking off Team Liquid. Uh, Team Liquid spent a lot of money to get a super team. It did not work. Uh, so Evil Geniuses have to be feeling good. I'm going to give them the advantage here. Uh, Cloud9 did take down 100 Thieves three games to one. Uh, I do think Evil Geniuses will come out on this one. I think it's going to be 3-2, though. I am so mixed. This is like a coin flip matchup for me. Uh, I was leaning EG. But I think I'm going to switch back to 100 Thieves. I've heard there might be some drama going on in EG. Again, they did just beat Team Liquid, though. So like you said, they're kind of flying high right now. I think this goes five games, but I will take 100 Thieves to steal the win in the end. Next up, we slide over to Day 2 for both LEC and LCS. G2 will be up against the winner of Fnatic and Rogue. Uh, John, if it's Fnatic, I'm actually going to take Fnatic on the upset. I think it'll be a tight series. I'm going to go 3-2 Fnatic. If it's Rogue, I think G2 wins 3-0. Agreed. Next up, we have Sunday with Cloud9. So both of our teams kind of making their way around here, Fnatic and Cloud9, respectively. Uh, Cloud9 will be up against the winner of 100 Thieves and EG. I think Cloud9 comes out on top of this. I think they've proved the haters wrong down the stretch. I think Max Waldo has really settled in. I don't think it's a clean 3-0, but I'm going to give them a 3-1 credit. Yeah, I think either team will be a 3-1 for Cloud9. I like it. I like it. So there you have it, guys. Uh, we could have Fnatic as a winner. We could have G2, and it looks like we're both taking Cloud9. Again, that action Saturday, September 10th for those opening rounds of the Losers Bracket Final. Sunday, September 11th, 11 a.m. and 4 p.m. respectively for Eastern Time, folks. That happening on Sunday. Anything else you want to mention today uh, as far as gaming news? Again, we're doing this a little bit early than normal. It is still Thursday, but an hour earlier. Not sure if anything dropped in the last hour, but we are ready for some football action as the NFL kicks off tonight. 
On top of that, just a reminder, you have some big showcases coming up tomorrow and Saturday. The Disney and Marvel showcase is tomorrow on Friday. I don't know exactly how long it's going to run, but we should get some good news there and hopefully a nice teaser or maybe a new reveal or two there as well. Then Ubisoft, we're going to have Skull and Bones. We're going to have Mario plus Rabbids, and we will get some Assassin's Creed action. Probably quite a few reveals for that on Saturday as well. I set the audio up to close the show out. You got to love that when it's like the Bluetooth is not connecting for the audio, but it's all good. <laughs> Nation, that is going to do it for this edition of Level Up Live. But before you go, make sure you're following the show on Twitch to catch the next episode of Level Up Live. If you listen to the show on our podcast feeds, please do leave us a review. The Level Up podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and anywhere else you can find a podcast on a podcatcher. Just look us up. We are there for you. We would love to hear from you. In fact, we'd love to hear from the community so much. There are multiple ways for you to reach out to us. Joey, what are some of those ways? Absolutely. Level Up Nation, head on over to Twitter and find us at Level Up Live. That is LVLUP Live. In addition to that, you can follow the Umbrella Company OTN Media on Twitter and Facebook at OTN Media on Instagram at OTN underscore media. Last but not least, hit us up with a follow, maybe even one of those juicy Twitch Prime subs or a real sub. It is September over here. That is twitch.tv forward slash OTN Media. This show, Level Up Live, covering the latest in gaming and esports is typically Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. All right, make sure you tune in next Thursday. That is September 15th. As we continue to cover the latest and greatest in gaming and esports news, do your ears and eyes a favor. Hit that sub and follow button to know when the next episode of Level Up Live is ready for your entertainment pleasures. We'll catch you all next week. Remember, be nice to your fellow gamers online. Enjoy your weekend. And Joey, as always, level, level up. up.